Hello, everyone. This is the Suma Guys podcast. Uh, this is Mike Herman, uh, owner of CrossFit Suma, talking with Sean as always. Sean, how are you doing? Not too bad. And also Good. joining us today is my lovely wife, Katie. Katie. Hi. Uh, to talk about uh, a topic that we've been hearing a lot about in the gym, uh, getting a lot of questions about. Uh, and uh, let's dive right into it. This is episode nine. We're calling this the five keys to improving your nutrition. Uh, we're going to go over a couple couple things that you can do to, to improve your nutrition. Uh, and to get the conversation started, let's dive right into it here. Um, Sean, you want to kind of talk a little bit about what CrossFit recommends and uh, how we kind of interpret that? Yeah, I mean, um, CrossFit's always been pretty blunt, uh, even in the very beginning about um, kind of their idea and encapsulating in a pretty, pretty uh, short way uh, of what they want for like your dietary uh, recommendations. And they kind of sum it up as uh, eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. And it says keep intake to levels that will support exercise, but not body fat. Yeah. So pretty straightforward. You know, and it's, it really does just kind of help everybody kind of quantify like what they're doing, and, you know, trying not to eat all that processed sugar that people end up consuming in literally everything, uh, especially here in the U.S. Let's, uh, let's dissect it a little bit. Katie, what are your thoughts on uh, CrossFit's prescription? Uh, I think the, the one thing, obviously, that Sean pointed out, the, the, the no sugar thing, um, I think if you if you take that for exactly how it's written and you think that you can never have any sugar ever, um, that might be a little harsh. First of yeah. all, there's there's sugar in there's naturally occurring sugars in a lot of things, uh, milk, every fruit that you eat, vegetables that you eat. So I think. Yeah our interpretation or my interpretation of it is more to avoid processed sugars. So like yes. if you read your ingredient list and you look and it says, you know, any number of things, cause sugar is labeled as <laughs> so, so many different ingredients, right? It could be maple syrup. It could be honey. It could be cane sugar. It could be evaporated cane juice. It could be uh, dextrose, maltose, any of the OS families. Um, <laughs> I do think uh, overall, of- yeah, it's a very succinct, like Sean mentioned, uh, way of kind of encapsulating what your diet should look like. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do think there is, you know, some room for sugar in a healthy diet. And depending on, we'll get into this a little later, what your goals are and sugar might in fact be a part of your goals um, in some way. But uh, yeah. we'll talk more about that later. Sean, what uh, in terms of priority, where does CrossFit rate? you know, your diet and nutrition and what you put in your mouth? Uh, well, again, their big thing is um, they have a, it's called CrossFit's theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And it's essentially laid out like um, kind of like the food pyramid, right? Everybody knows that kind of example. And it's this wide base at the bottom that goes all the way up to a point at the top. And um, on the CrossFit Journal, you can look it up. It's called uh, nutrition, the base of the pyramid. So Literally, it is the largest part of the pyramid all the way at the bottom. The base 
And what they're kind of saying is <clears throat> that nutrition should be the kind of foundational piece to creating an athlete of the, you know, the perfect athlete of working on and kind of honing in your nutrition is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. And without that, it kind of just crumbles all the way back down. So. Yeah, I think uh, that's the one reason why we wanted to talk about this subject today. I think it's a super important thing that needs to be talked about more, particularly at our gym. So we wanted to kind of give our listeners some more information around this topic and some ways to get started. Um, yeah, I, I would say to add to that, um, one of the reasons why we maybe haven't done as much um, with nutrition, I mean, the three of us, we're not registered dietitians, so technically we can't give these super specific um, like I can't write you a meal plan or something like that, but things like general, uh, recommendations and guidelines and, uh, accountability, those kinds of things we can help you with. Um, but yeah, one of the reasons why we haven't gotten too into the nitty gritty is that everybody who walks through our doors has different goals and, you know, what works for, um, you know, what, what Michael's going to do for his nutrition isn't necessarily what someone else is, um, who has a totally different set of goals. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we need to talk about that. Like everybody's going to have highly individualized, uh, recommendations here, depending on what your goals are. You know, if you need super specific goals, uh, like what Katie mentioned, maybe a dietitian would be the person to talk to, but most people don't need that. Most people, don't have very specific goals. Uh, most people's goals kind of fall into one of four things, right? Uh, most people want to either be healthier, right? Or, you know, just in, in general, uh, people other than that want to just lose weight. All right. That's a second one. Uh, third one that potentially somebody would want to do is gain muscle or even gain size um, or put on a little bit of lean muscle mass. Uh, and then the fourth one that you see is people want to increase their performance or improve their performance. Probably see that a little bit less in the gym, but I mean, it could be something like just adding a couple pounds on your deadlift or, uh, you know, getting better at pull-ups or, or whatever it is that could tie into it. And most people, again, don't fall into these things and in, in just in one bucket, it, there's some spillover. Um, yeah. Most people want to be healthy and yeah. Right. Like most people want to be healthy and maybe see some physique change or be healthy and see some performance benefit or whatever. You usually don't have just one. It's just that one is like maybe more of a priority than the others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah de depending on which, what are your goals are like one of those four things potentially, or like a combination that will influence uh, kind of how you take the recommendations we're going to give today and uh, how much you focus on particular aspects of it. So, you know, and if you need more information on that, like come talk to us about this. Like, yes, we can't give you a specific meal plan, but we can give you pretty general guidelines around what you should be focusing on for your goals, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so let's dive into the, uh, the five keys that we're gonna talk about today. And we can talk about each one as we go along. So, first key to improving your nutrition 
is something, you know, a lot of people recently have been coming up to us uh, asking about, you know, nutrition and of all the people coming up to us, they all have similar things in common. And we kind of took those things and we encapsulated them into five uh, quick and easy kind of uh, things to remember here today. The first one is uh, that you probably need to eat more protein. All right, we're seeing a lot of people coming up to us asking about their diet and showing us what they eat. Uh, most people probably need to add a little bit more protein, specifically you know, maybe focusing a little bit more, on, depending on your goals, on the lean, uh, lean cuts of meat. Katie, you want to mm. uh, talk um, a little bit more? Yeah, I think especially, I mean, especially for women, I just noticed that uh, a lot of the ladies that I talk to, like they tend to have their first real serving of protein at dinner. Mm. And at that point it's too late, right? You're never going to get enough. If the only real meal that you're having that contains protein is dinner, like you're missing an opportunity with breakfast, lunch, snacks, etc. Like if the first time you're eating protein is at dinner, you probably need to be front loading it a little bit more. I think that, that might, that's probably true for most people in general, but I definitely notice it more with women. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely noticed it more. And I think it, it can be particularly more and even more important for women to eat more protein, particularly women who are, uh, you know, getting closer to menopause and having hormonal changes. Protein is a very, um, uh, I mean, we don't have the hormones to like, you're not going to touch a weight and immediately put on muscle, right? It, it's really hard for females in general to put on muscle mass. And if you're, sh you're essentially shooting yourself in the foot, if you're not getting in enough protein. So yeah, that's, it, yeah, it probably is a little bit more. Important yeah. for women. So we probably need to eat more protein. Sean, you got some good sources of protein maybe that people should focus on. I mean, most of it is like the simpler stuff, you know, a really easy way is one of the most cost effective ones too, is like eggs, you know, eggs have certain, you know, people, they get a bad moniker because of higher cholesterol and things in eggs. But again, an egg is an in incredibly easy way to, to get in your, your protein, even in some kind of regard than the none, um, you know, yeah, the lean, yeah, the lean cuts, uh, you know, the white non-red meat, obviously red meat is going to have um, higher levels of certain things, but, you know, the fish, the chicken, the, the stand, the, you know, the gold standard for protein for things um, can always be pretty important. And then I would say, uh, kind of like you guys are talking about is um, trying to figure out like how you can prioritize protein at every meal, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to make it so you're getting at least some in some, some regard, um, is going to be just key. Katie, do you have any, uh, non meat sources that people could go to? Um, I would say like dairy products in general, cottage cheese, um, Greek, Greek yogurt is really high in protein. Mm. Um, and a lot of vegetarians, even if, even if they don't eat meat, a lot of vegetarians will still eat those types of products dairy products some some will even eat eggs some will even eat fish so that would be yeah. another, another good option um yeah yeah maybe even a protein supplement yeah i think if you're having a hard time um mm -hmm. getting in enough and prioritizing protein enough um at at your regular meals 
um, doing, doing a simple protein shake or something like that after you work out, uh, or really any time, to be honest, yeah. um, yeah. could, could help you get to the, the amount of protein that you need overall throughout yeah. the day. I agree with that. Like, I, I feel like that's, um, probably the most, um, or I should say the best form of getting extra protein. If you know that you're going to be deficient in it. Right. Um, and you, you say you struggle with it. It's an easy way to get something in you in, in mass that isn't, you know, eating a steak or you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think it's a very underutilized thing for, I think people use it strictly because they think they need to get more just to get more for the more sake when no, it could just be a replacement for certain things or a stand in until you balance everything else out. Mm-hmm. Quick tangent. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, the, I meant to say this earlier, but uh, the questions we do get centered around nutrition are usually not around these points that we're talking about today. Usually people are more focused on things like what supplements should I be taking? Yeah. Uh, when should I be, what should I be eating pre-workout, intra-workout, right. post-workout? And we're just going to say right now, like until, uh, have the- until we have some of these basic things uh, in line, like the base of a pyramid, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're talking, the supplements are up at the top of that pyramid. They are not the most important piece. Neither is timing of nutrients. If you don't have some of these main things in place, then we're not even going to talk about that stuff. And uh, yeah. exactly what Sean said, like, if you're deficient in it, right? Like right. if you don't know whether or not you're deficient in it, then you probably don't, don't have any reason to take it, right? Like if you know you're consistently undershooting your targets, then yeah, take it. But yeah. until you know that, what 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 yeah. are you doing? Yeah. All right. See, I said it was gonna be a quick tangent. Well, <laughs> number say, oh, go ahead, I'm gonna talk about uh, kind of what the role protein plays in in consuming and what it does for your body. Because I think that's a good thing for people to understand like why it's important too. Mm-hmm. Good point. Katie, you want to take that? I mean, we could, I feel like we could do a whole hour on <laughs> what, what the different nutrients do and when your body breaks them down. But I mean, when you, uh, when you do any kind of strength training, what, what is going to build your muscle back once it's been essentially, you know, broken down with strength training, um, that's protein. That's, that's the role of protein. Yeah. I will say another, uh, positive side effect of eating more protein is you'll probably feel fuller longer. Yeah. Uh, and then something I mentioned prior to, uh, kind of balances out your hormones. Uh, it's a, it's something that's going to keep those in check essentially as yeah. you, uh, if you have fluctuations, mm-hmm. um, in hormone levels. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to number two. So number two is you should pro you probably need to eat more fruits and vegetables. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, big one that we see again, where this is all from firsthand experience working with people. Uh, most people really struggle getting those veggies in kind of before dinner again, along same as the meat uh, or the protein. Um, and they, most people probably need to do a better job getting more of those fruits and vegetables in. Uh, Katie, you want to expand on why? Uh, I mean, we just talked about protein, which is a macronutrient. Your 
fruits and vegetables are going to be like the vehicle for a lot of the different micronutrients that your, that your body needs for all of the different functions of your, of your body from your eyesight to, um, bone health, all, all, all different kinds of things. Um, they're, I mean, eat your veggies, right? <laughs> eat your veggies. Sean, <laughs> you want to expand a little bit on like how maybe people can practically uh, include more of these things in their diet? Well, and I think it goes down to just being conscious of it. Um, it's trying to even like cut up fruit, right? It's an easy step that most people do. They have a, a watermelon or whatever, a pineapple or something on their, on their counter. And they just take right. it as a decoration it though. <laughs> right. But then, but then it just sits there. Right. And then it becomes a laborious task for somebody to do instead of just cutting it up, having it ready to go, quick con uh, consumption of it. You know, the raspberries, the blueberries, you don't need to cut up, stuff like that are pretty easily consumable. But um, I mean, a lot of it is uh, it, just being conscious and making an effort to even prep some of the stuff. Like if you like your apples peeled, peel your apples, right? Like do whatever you need to, uh, cut them up have them ready to go so you can just make the little quicker same thing with vegetables um it's like the preparation of vegetables can be as simple as throwing a ton of them on a cookie sheet and roasting them for a little bit and you can have hundreds of grams of of like your fruits and vegetables just sitting there ready to go for an entire week mm -hmm. if you know you struggle with getting them in yeah yeah, yeah we I do that. that i think that could be part of it too is that sometimes people maybe you grew up with, you know, boiled, Ugh. uh, Brussels sprouts or something like that. Like maybe you haven't had Ugh. vegetables prepared the in right a way. way that they are delicious. You know, you, yeah. can, you can grill vegetables, you can roast them, you could, you could steam them, you know, you can, you can make them in so many different ways that they wind up being delicious. But if all you can remember is that one time you had a disgusting overcooked or gummy or whatever, Brussels sprout or whatever it was, like maybe you just need to experiment with um, different ways of cooking it. Yeah. I mean, staying away from the canned vegetables. Mm. Uh, get, <laughs> they I mean, tend, the, the there, there is something to be said for um, uh, flash frozen vegetables. Right. People, Let's people touch are, on that. People are like so concerned about all of their stuff being like farm fresh and all of that kind of like sometimes no. flash frozen can actually wind up getting to you holding on to more of the nutritional content than if it mm -hmm. was shipped to you from you know Mexico or yeah. where wherever in a far off distant land that that tomato was grown in the middle of January. Right. right. Sometimes, you know, getting flash frozen can actually be better. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of canned beans. That is, <laughs> that is like beans? canned beans, like, like black beans, kidney oh, beans, yeah. garbanzo beans, that kind of thing. Not, <laughs> not green beans. No. Yeah. Um, that's it. And that's kind of, I'm just talking more on a pure enjoyment thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, out of sure, sure. A canned green bean is just mush. It's yeah. disgusting. I grew up on canned vegetables, and I could twist. Me pass. too. I yeah. almost got exactly. I almost got scared away from vegetables, exactly. but I'm back yeah. on the train. Back yeah, on, back on the bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. else you want to say on that before we move on? Um, 
like uh, I, I use this a lot with if I'm talking to people, but it's like um, you know, you both know is like E.C. Sinkowski has like her 800 gram challenge where it's like trying to eat 800 grams a day. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a big task to ask for people. But I think it just goes back to like I equate it to being just more conscious again of like if you make an effort to get fruits and vegetables in more than one time a day and kind of throughout your day, that's a good step forward, right? It doesn't have to be like you have to hit a certain number. It can just be as simple as trying to eat more consciously throughout the day of those good things, Mm -hmm. you know? Love it. Yeah, let's go to number three. So number three uh, is you probably need to eat less of (laughs) processed foods. Ooh. So we like kind of touched on this in the prescription a little bit, uh, the difference between, you know, sugar and processed foods. And we mentioned processed foods is probably the, the where your people are going more in the wrong direction when it comes to some of their goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people probably need to eat a little less of them. Katie, you want to expand on that? Um, oh, gosh, we could go in so many different avenues with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in general, processed foods... Uh, Let's talk about this. What is a processed food? Oh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, anything that uh, isn't coming directly out of the ground or had had eyeballs or, but even those <laughs> things are processed in some way, right? Like they, if you bought them at a grocery store, they were processed in some way to get to you. But we're talking about more Heavily highly processed, processed foods, things right. that come with. They don't resemble what they once things, were. <laughs> things that have an ingredient list, things that have a barcode on them. Um, yeah, the, those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah, everything came from a real food at some point, right. but if some of it doesn't look anything like it used to. Think like yeah, we know of. The verdict is still out on something. If you're in a grocery store, like Velveeta cheese, you... where did that come from? That's not a real food. <laughs> if you're if you're in the middle of the grocery store, usually the processed stuff lives in the middle aisles. Like yeah. the the less processed stuff tends to be on the perimeter, like your produce section um the the protein the dairy the eggs all of those things tend to be on the perimeter of the store the stuff in the middle like snack foods um soda and juice and all of that kind of stuff like those things tend to live in the middle cereal cereal sean why do people tend to overeat processed foods uh man like katie (laughs) said that could go (laughs) we could spend so much time on that um now, again, it kind of goes back into the makeup of whatever that food is, right? It's, um, it's something sweet. There's usually a lot of preservatives in it. Salt makes to- food taste better. So there's usually a lot of salt in these kinds of foods and high sodium. And uh, I mean, these companies aren't dumb. They want you to consume these things. And then at a high volume too. So like they're going to make it easily consumable. And they they usually digest very quickly. Right. And, so they, like, and they don't keep you full for very long, right? No. They usually pull out all of the things like fiber, right. water. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything that's going to make your body slow down to digest, they kind of extract it completely. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's just empty calories at that point. You're not getting any nutritional value out of them on point number one too they usually don't have a whole lot of protein if any no no and and if they're adding it in it's in some weird way that i don't want to know how (laughs) yes 
Yeah, so you should probably eat less of them because they're usually uh, very calorically dense. They yeah. uh, don't have very many nutrients or any of the things that we're recommending eating, such as uh, protein or the microvitamins that we got from the fruits and vegetables. They might also have um, less than ideal sources of fat. Um, yeah, I know that that might be getting a little into the weeds, but like uh, <laughs> I know everybody's heard of um, like partially hydrogenated whatever, <laughs> like things yeah. that are uh, essentially trans fats, right? Those yeah. tend to live in right ultra processed, and those are the ones you want to. Avoid. And those are the ones you want to avoid. Yeah, yeah, they have all but n all negative things associated to right. Them. The one thing that I maybe have a slight disagreement with when it comes to the CrossFit prescription mm -hmm. is when it says no sugar. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I will say we are recommending that most people probably need to eat less processed foods, but mm -hmm. we're not saying you can never eat it. So that's right, right, the right, right, one right. thing that I think maybe gets misunderstood when people read that prescription and they're like, no sugar ever. Or if you see like your favorite athlete, like pounding gummy bears or cereal <laughs> or something like that before, during, or after a workout or like during the CrossFit games, like there's a reason why those people can and should eat those things. And, you know, their caloric demands are much higher and they probably can't get in enough calories using just yeah. Yeah, fast whole foods, if, right? If your goals are largely performance based, mm -hmm. it might actually have a place in your diet. Right. Um, yeah. And even if your goals are something else, I would yeah. make the argument that sugar has a place in a long term diet. It's going to yeah. keep you going back to that to the lifestyle and to the diet to the choices that you that you sh that you should be making for a healthier lifestyle like it's going to help you stay consistent if you can periodically have some sugar come back and well, and, and there's, still there's, go there's, back on the there's train. room for that there should be room for yeah. that right yeah, yeah. like Absolutely. think of like the psychology with eating too right it's like you want something salty you want something sweet you want something you know, fatty or whatever, like, so you have these, you have these things that you, you want to enjoy your life with too. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> people like to do that. I'm going to be in cardboard here for the rest of my life, but mm -hmm. uh, um, like you want things to taste good. Right. Uh, and I think kind of what you guys were just talking about is, is sage advice too. Cause it kind of tips those around like the psychology of with eating too, is, you know, cutting certain things out completely Oh, yeah only makes you crave those things more Absolutely. right Absolutely. like the I, I do i i agree with you mike like i don't uh the the no sugar thing is is a very that's a very harsh stance to i know take. what they were trying to say but I, I think that we're trying to add some color to it now yeah and it's like being realistic too yeah. right um i, I I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for the phrase can you do it for the rest of your life mm -hmm. right if, it, if you're like, look, I'm cutting out all sweets for the rest of my, you know, for my diet here. I'm like, well, are you going to be able to maintain that? Or are you just going to fall off the wagon harder just right. because you cut it completely out? Um, and I think that's, that's like a big thing. Uh, a common trend that I see a lot is like that yo-yo dieting of like, I'm cutting it out. All right. I ate a whole pizza and I'm like, uh oh, I'm off the wagon. I'm on the wagon. 
Yeah. And that's a hard thing. And it's in moderation with everything, right? Right. It needs to be sustainable in order yeah. for your results from it to be sustainable. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, never having, uh, wow. We're, and this could really, this would be a whole nother podcast, but it's like uh, guilty associations or negative associations with food are never a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if like with the no sugar thing, if it's somebody's birthday at your work or it's your birthday, have a piece of cake. It's fine. It's not going to kill you. Right. Just don't have a piece of cake every hour on the hour for an entire day. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things like that. Um, yeah. But again, I don't want yeah, to. We, we will do another <laughs> nutrition podcast yeah, I, for I sure. Uh, I think eating less processed foods in general uh, will probably help you towards whatever your goals are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's well, go. You want to add? Yeah, I would say one go more ahead. point with like the no sugar thing too. Uh, Katie said it earlier. Um, there are very unprocessed things, honey, maple syrup, uh, agave that can be those natural sugars and sweeteners that you can use and stuff. If you need to cut out that white refined sugar, you know, or brown sugars and stuff like that. There are ways that you can kind of get a sweetness by taking a lot of the, the white sugar out of it. I think I agree with that from a, from a caloric standpoint, mm-hmm. those things are all essentially going to have the same number of calories. So again, it comes back to what your goals are. Like mm-hmm. if you, like it's those things are still sugar right so if your goal is to reduce the number of calories that you're eating or to um reduce the amount of sugar that you're getting in your in your nutrition then then you just have to recognize that those things are still oh yeah sugar yeah just a better option than piling in scoopfuls of sugar into your coffee yeah so let's go to number four speaking of that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, good, t- good segue. Number four, uh, one of the things that we commonly s- saw amongst the the diets of the people that we were helping uh, is try not to drink all of your calories. Yeah. So we saw a lot of people consuming alcohol, particularly on the weekends, in uh, high quantities, uh, and even sporadically throughout the week. Um, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about alcohol and the calories and, uh, you know, detrimental effects on the body of that. Um, and also things like fruit juices and, uh, yeah, any kind of sugar laden, like sodas, any kind of beverage other than (laughs) the, the latest mocha frappuccino, whatever. I know it's pumpkin, pumpkin spice latte season right now. So that's like the, (laughs) all the sugary syrups and stuff that Starbucks will pump into your drinks. Yeah. Well, let's just start on this. Katie, why should we try not to drink all of our calories? Um, it's a problem with that. Again, it's one of those, you got to keep in mind, whatever your goals are. And it's not like you can't ever drink your drink some calories. Like, uh, like if you want to have a glass of red wine or whatever, sure. But, um, I think if, again, this is very dependent on your goals, but if, if you're trying to improve your health, if you are in trying to potentially impact your physique, um, there, those, 
liquid calories are not necessarily moving you in the right direction. Um, and yeah, again, with alcohol, you have to recognize that while it's not broken down the same way that uh, the other macronutrients are, alcohol still represents calories in your diet. Um, so that's one thing. Right. And then but the, it's essentially empty calories, right? Because it's not doing anything net positive for your body. Yeah. And talking about alcohol, it also is going to have a huge effect on your performance in terms of your uh, things like your sleep quality. Um, and it can have a detrimental effect on that and stress uh, management. Too. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What kind of fluids should people focus on drinking, Sean? Uh, I mean, the biggest one is water <laughs> water water is is king right um water's in everything essentially outside of honey <laughs> um the biggest thing is like with with water i mean there's a reason why like you are made up of a large portion of water right um your muscles need a lot of water to stay uh, flexible and hydrated and juicy and not look like a piece of, piece of beef jerky right um <laughs> so i mean water will always be king in everything uh as far as like what you should be consuming um sprinkling in those other things like coffee are always good because like you guys said it's like net positive on some things like you don't want to prioritize coffee over water but you still can have it right yeah it's just what do you say warm bean water so <laughs> Um, like the sad bean water of decaf <laughs> right um yeah and it's just like you guys said staying away from sugary drinks mm -hmm. i think that's like the biggest thing is it will zap you of energy hydration all of it just because your body has to then process all these weird things that it's I, probably put in there i guess one of the other reasons why you might want to avoid drinking all of your calories a couple of different reasons, but, um, you know, your, your, your brain doesn't necessarily interpret it the same way that eating your calories does. So, um, you know, you don't get the same fullness and satiety signals that you do from eating food. Um, it, there's no fiber included. I would in say that first point is also a major point behind the diet sodas and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You're, it basically tricks your brain into thinking that thinking it that needs you're more calories. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the problems with diet drinks. Um, yeah. And then I guess going along more specifically with the alcohol point, as opposed to the, um, sugary drinks is just that, you know, in general, especially if you're, uh, having more than a couple of drinks, it tends to, um, you know, you, you make some decisions that maybe you wouldn't if you were co of completely sober mind, like maybe you, maybe you have the, you know, three margaritas and then go head first into the chips and guacamole that you you that whole pizza that you, or you ate the whole pizza or the <laughs> thing of mozzarella sticks or whatever it is. Like maybe you make other decisions that you wouldn't normally, like maybe you would be able to make decisions that are aligned with your goals, but maybe when you're under the influence, you, you know, forget about those things for a while. So that, that might be another reason why you might want to avoid that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on drinking calories? Um, 
Uh, how about giving people like a reference as far as how much water? They yeah, drink? I think that's always a water. Is it usually like body weight in ounces? Yeah, it's um, usually half your body weight. Half ounces. your half your body weight in ounces. Yeah. Yeah, that's you kind of the recommendation that I've heard. The the common one, half your body weight in ounces. Yeah. Uh, aim for that each day. Mm-hmm. It's pretty ambitious. If you guys have uh have ever tried that. Um, yeah. I know Katie and I. That's been a focus of us lately. We bought these really big water vessels to yeah. carry our water around in and it's an easy way because i would just i would i would lose track of how many wow. like smaller glasses or shaker cups of water that i would have so it was just easier to say okay i have two 40 ounce um things of water throughout the day and then i'm good i'm set i don't need to worry yeah. about it and that's just a little easier yeah. Some people carry around a gallon jug with them. And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a 36 ounce mm-hmm. Yeti mm-hmm. water bottle, yeah. not yeah. sponsored by Yeti yeah. yet. Someday. Um, <laughs> um, but I, uh, I mean, I also think it, it goes to, to add in like what else water does for you too. And uh, I was thinking about it is uh, Mike, you said it earlier. Um, it's like generally when you, when you drink more water, right. Just like when you eat better food, you're going to feel better, right? Um, water in itself helps you digest food, right? Without water, it's harder for your body to digest the more fibrous foods. Um, fun fact, learning about like with even like your blood vessels and veins and everything um, with uh, blood clotting, right? It's uh, the number one thing that they say is you need to stay hydrated all the time. Because it is one of the biggest things to uh, help prevent clotting. Because again, it's like your your blood vessels and everything become bigger and flow a little bit easier. And your blood essentially becomes not as viscous, right? And it just helps all of the blood flow part of it too, again, which in turn helps you move better, feel better. You know, it's that full circle movement um, where I think water can is really important and not enough people put enough priority on it one other point uh positive for drinking enough water would be that it could help you towards some of your goals like we mentioned before like uh losing weight uh maybe cutting out some calories it does make you feel a little fuller uh particularly if you eat enough fiber Mm -hmm. would you add anything to that um I think uh, so, sometimes if you are walking around a little dehydrated, sometimes we uh, mistake uh, thirst for hunger. So like you might think that you need a snack, but actually what you need is a glass of water. It's called a miss cake. A miss cake. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, what is it? Somebody said it one time. It's the moment you feel thirst is the moment you are already dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that's the best marker to determine whether or not you actually need to drink more is go by thirst. Yeah, like if you're thirsty, you are essentially dehydrated. Like it is your body informing you that you need water. Yeah. Could also look like at your pee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that the that, color of your pee. It's not glamorous, <laughs> but if you just look at the toilet when you're when you're done in the bathroom, like it yeah. should be like pale yellow or clear not cloudy definitely not dark um no blood and if it is dark (laughs) if it is like dark yellow then you definitely need to drink some water yeah yeah all right 
drink some more water, try and cut back on uh, the calories that you're drinking. Um, point number five, last point today that we got for you is you probably need to try and be more consistent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you are trying to, maybe you are trying to implement some of these things. Um, you know, Sean, you talked about the, the yo-yo effect. I think, uh, you know, trying to be more consistent with some of these just like little easy tips. Like they're not, none of these things are particularly hard in their in of them themselves. But I think where people really struggle is consistently implementing them without going off the rails and not getting back on that train right away. Yeah. And I think that even bleeds into people thinking that it's this Herculean sized task I need to achieve um, and be like, well, this needs to be a full overhaul of everything all at once. And then that's where people end up starting to like fail with a lot of it too, is because they, they put too much stress on trying to change a hundred percent of their stuff when they're like it's all it's all garbage i need to fix it all and they end up failing at it because it's it's too much to worry about like mike you said it's it's simple right it's simple small changes will make for better results especially if you're just prioritizing certain things right like all the stuff that we covered today and it's just trying to calm the nerves right with everything and try and like you said be consistent with stuff and don't don't stress over things in the beginning or else it will just crumble yeah i think uh and that's one of the reasons why we brought up these points the way that we did today we said you probably need to eat more protein you probably need to eat more fruits and veggies we didn't even give really specific recommendations we're just like try and do a little more And you could even take just one of these points at a time Mm -hmm. and try and implement one of them, uh, whatever one you think maybe needs the most attention, you know, implement that one thing and then take a look, you know, make sure it sticks uh, for long enough and you're consistent with it and then move on to the next one. Even with these things, like it might just be uh, taking it one at a time. Yeah. And I think that's a great approach and it takes three weeks to build a habit, right? If you can do this for three weeks, it'll be a part of your routine and everything. Like if it is prioritizing water every day, right? If you do that, you will become accustomed then to those things. And you will notice when you don't do it more than when you do, right? Yeah. And just recognizing that if you do mess up one day it does not even that like i don't even want to say that like it's not even messing up if you do something different than what we're suggesting one day or two days whatever just go right back to it like it's not the end of the world you don't need to totally abandon everything that you've learned here today and (laughs) just go back to your old ways like you can just go right back to uh, that habit, even if you broke it for a day. Or yeah, so. one meal isn't gonna make or break you. One one drink isn't gonna make or break you. Like it's what you're doing the majority of the time over yeah. the long haul. And that's one thing that I think people, I think people want to see results from the efforts that they're putting in like yesterday like they want it fast and that's one of the tough parts about especially if you're making changes that are sustainable maintainable 
like you're going to need to stay with it, stay the course. It doesn't need to be perfect, right? But no. you do need to be consistent with it for a pretty long time. It might, it might take you a while before you start to see the results that you want to see. Um, you can't, you can't do something for five days and expect to see these dramatic changes, but if you hold steady and stay consistent with it, again, you don't need to be perfect, but being consistent, um, I think it, you know, if you look back on it a year later, again, if it was something that was sustainable and you can do it for a year, two years, five years, whatever it is, like if you've chosen sustainable changes to make, um, it may take you six months to see more dramatic results it might take you a year for you to see the results that you want to see. But, you know, mm -hmm. that's the kind of change that you're going to be able to maintain for the mm -hmm. long haul. That's how you make real lifestyle change as opposed to these to your point, Sean, these yo-yo diets where people are like on again, off again, on again, off again. If you would have just chosen something instead of yo-yoing for a year, if you would have just chosen something for that year that was sustainable and that right. you could actually stick with instead of falling off of the wagon every other week, you just choose something that you can stick with, then you might actually see results in the year rather than this up and down, up and down, up and down. And then you're right back where you started after a year of yo-yoing, right? right? So when I think it's, yeah, those undulations of like the ups and downs can be demoralizing for people too. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Like you said, if a year later you're back where you were and you're just on the, the downslide of the, that up and down part, it's, mm -hmm. it can be a lot for people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, it is, I think consistency is one of the biggest things. In everything, right? We say that all the time at the gym, right? We say that about right. the performance that people have in the gym, like staying consistent, like you can't show up one day and right. hammer yourself and then not show up again for six weeks and expect to see results. Like you have to stay consistent and do a little bit at a time. It's the same, it's kind of the same, same idea. Do a little bit of, at a time to wind up getting further. You can't do too much too soon. Um, cause then you're going to fall off the wagon. You're either going to be so sore in the fitness context. You're going to be so sore that you don't want to go back to the gym for another couple of weeks. Or if you're doing it in a nutrition context, like you're going to be so either restricted or it's going to be so far outside of your norm that you fall off the wagon immediately. So it's the same kind of idea. It's just, uh, in a different place. Yeah. Where can people find more good information or get some more help? Well, Let's you talk can talk to that. any one of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're always down for a conversation. Um, I think it's, uh, there's, there is good information on the internet. You just have to know where to go. I think one of the sources that Sean mentioned earlier, E.C. Sinkowski and her 800 gram challenge is great. She's very no nonsense and science based. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a, there's other resources that we could we could make available. But I actually think um, as kind of a I don't know, should should you ask your audience? Are they interested in doing uh, we've we, the only nutrition challenge that we've done since I've been a, a part of SUMA has been the 800 gram challenge. Mm -hmm. and uh and well i think uh 
you know, I think if people need some more help, come talk to us, tell us what your specific goals are, Mm -hmm. because that will determine your focus. Mm -hmm. But also let's figure out where you're at right now, Mm -hmm. because everybody's in a different place, right? Everybody's starting from a different starting point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, keep your eyes open for a challenge. We we didn't touch on this earlier, but um, we will be doing a very uh, adaptable scalable just like we do with the workouts at the gym uh you know nutrition based uh challenge oh for lack of a better term coming up in january around some of these things that we talked about today eating more fruits and vegetables um maybe adding in some more uh, protein um and ultimately trying to cut out some of the processed foods and, and drinks um and kind of aiming people towards being more consistent and uh, giving them some more accountability. So that's the key with coming to talk to us or doing a challenge like we're going to do later in the, you know, the, the, in the new year is the accountability piece. If you need that, that's another reason to come to somebody like us. We can help you by holding you accountable and uh, having somebody to check in with. Maybe that's all it's going to take for you to build that habit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So keep your eyes open for that. Try and implement, uh, you know, one of these at a time here. And you can talk to us about which one to get started with uh, and keep a lookout for more information. We're definitely going to do more on nutrition in the future. Uh, Let us know what your questions are and uh, we will try and answer them. Any last thoughts here? No, I just don't put too much pressure on yourself, right? Small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pick one. One small thing, start there. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. All right. Sean, Katie, thanks for sitting down to talk today. Uh, And uh, we will see you guys next time.